0: Hey everybody, my name is Tammy, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing. This is the first time I've actually spoken at a meeting, so I've never done this before, which is funny because I've been in recovery for a long time, but I kind of always just snuck through the little holes on this. Um, just a little bit about myself. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I can I was telling them earlier that I came to San Francisco. I did a, like a California tour last summer. And the part that I find, um, very humorous is that the one thing I can tell you about California and San Francisco in particular was the grocery store that I went to. So, because I loved it and I had a wonderful experience around food and the grocery store and how funny is that with five kids and where we went for the food. Um, so I am one of the, um, people who've come into OA during the pandemic I actually came into OA through a, another fellowship, um, a sister program that I was doing. Um, I don't know if you ever mentioned the other programs or not, but I was in S And I was doing my night step in the other program. And I said to my sponsor in that program, I can't complete my night step if I don't get real with my food. And she said, I think that's a very good idea. Um, because the pandemic came, everything shut down, and I was a car eater. And so I would go and take my kids, I would drop them off places, go fast food, hide in my car. Um, Something I started when I was a child growing up in domestic violence. It's a place that for me was safe and eating was my coping skill. So it's the piece that set off all the emotional triggers when something would come up for me. I would go, I would run an errand, I would come up with something. And then all of a sudden I'm in the pandemic and I either have to confess to my family what I've been doing or i have to get some help so it was very interesting because when i started getting help and i started coming to the meetings my husband said what are you doing going to these meetings what's going on like he's like i I don't even understand why you're doing this and so i had to give him a full confession when i started going to a meeting i wanted to go to a meeting my local area. Currently, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, but I've lived in uh, New Jersey. I've lived in North Carolina, the Asheville, North Carolina area, and I originally grew up in Atlanta and I'm married to someone who's from Germany. So I have a lot of different influences, <laughs> but I was looking for a meeting that was local, and I couldn't dial into the meeting. And so I got in touch with somebody and said that the dialing's not working for this meeting and I'm trying to get in there, you know, trying to go to the meeting, I'm all nervous and jittery. He's like, here, try this code. And I ended up in this meeting in Melbourne and I thought, well, Florida's fun, why not? We're in a pandemic. And it was uh, in Melbourne, Australia, you know, first thing I thought was like, they don't sound like they're from Florida, you know? So uh, that's, and that's my whole meeting. And I have um, not strayed much from that meeting since. I find there's a lot of really beautiful recovery in there. And I've gotten, gotten the help and, and gotten so much support in that meeting. And um, in the eight months or so, I don't count days. So April and April 30th, um, I have made more connections and relationships than I think I've made my entire life. The breakthroughs that I've had have been mind blowing. The recovery that I have as a gift of this pandemic has changed my life forever, and I know that for sure. Um, the one thing I wanted to share with you guys today is uh, the thing that I found is it's, it's not about the food, right? The food was my coping mechanism. Food was where I went. Food was what, what, uh, was my bandaid, right? But when I got rid of the food and I, and I started not eating all of a sudden, it was like, I have no coping skills. I don't know what to do if I don't have food to turn to. So I was going to give you guys a little story. I'm kind of a storyteller kind of person. So I want to tell you a story about what I did this week. So I'm hearing impaired. So Zoom meetings for me are wonderful because I put my my earbuds in and I can hear just as well as anybody else does because I can adjust my volume. Whereas like when I'm in an in-person meeting, I struggle sometimes because I can't hear people or I can't have the connection or I'll miss some of the chit chat that goes on, but I don't have that problem. So I take... I I've been waiting on hearing aids, waiting on hearing aids. I finally bit the bullet. I bought hearing aids last week. They disappeared and I don't know where they went. And the last thing I can remember doing is sticking them in my 11 year old's ears so he could hear just barely. So he could kind of hear what hearing aids sounded like. And this was, this, this is one of those things, right? So when I struggle with my commitment piece, it's going to be when I'm either having a struggle or for me, Sometimes it's when something's going really good. So where are these hearing aids? Where are they? I don't know where they are. So, you know, I'm not going to rip everything up. Go. I'm just sitting there going, you know, the kids, <sighs> will you mind paying attention? Because I don't know where I put my hearing aids. I don't know where they are. I don't know what I've done with them. I have to pay attention at that point because I know something's coming up for me, right? Because I don't have coping skills for this. I don't know, you know, I don't have serenity in the moment. There's a stressful situation coming up. I grew up in a a, a shameful family. So there was a lot of the shame game coming on a lot of that. And even though I don't live in an abusive home anymore, I don't need to live in an abusive home because I'm doing all of the work for them. So I have this piece where I call it my self-hating shame machines activated, right? Like I've got good material for all the stuff in my head to go crazy. So this is a time for me that it's really important for me to pay attention to where I'm letting my mind go, where I'm letting my mind wander. And the first thing that I have to do is surrender and sit down every morning when I wake up, there's a prayer called the set aside prayer. I say the set aside prayer first thing every morning when I wake up, I pray for guidance every day. Cause if I can wake up every day and I can connect to my higher power, I can keep the connection with my higher power with me all day long as I'm walking through the day, no matter what's happening i can take a moment i can calm down i can do a little check-in is that connection there yes okay and then do i feel supported do i need to have it you know every day two minutes every day when i when i wake up i do that and then i do some some outreach i um one of the first things that was said to me was call three people every day try three people i use the phone i do emailing i do whatsapp because luckily, I, I now have friends in Ireland and England <laughs> and Australia. And the thing that's great about that is if I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody's awake somewhere that I can call into an outreach call to. So I can admit, like, I'm really struggling. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know where my hearing aids are. Trying to keep my calm, breathe through this, just keep going. So every day I'd spend 15 minutes looking for my hearing aids. I haven't found them. Don't know what's going on. Um, then I have to sit down and think: Am I, am I going to? Am I going to be honest with this? What is going on? Am I going to? Am I going to be honest? Am I going to be open? Am I going to be willing to do the next thing? The next thing that I'm guided to do. I found my hearing aids in the washing machine, and they had been there for a week before I found them. And it was really tough because I don't know if you guys know, but hearing aids are not covered by insurance. And so you have to pay out of pocket. And so here I've got these <laughs> these hearing aids. They're in the washing machine. And so there goes stage two of the sulfating machine, right? The thing that I know is that my addiction with food is I have an addiction to food, but I also have an addiction to eating. So when it comes, comes up when anxiety comes up where do I go the thing I catch because I don't notice always and for me I think a lot of it comes through the way that I grew up I'm, I'm a suppressor so I don't always know how to recognize feelings unless they're really high unless there's an adrenaline rush going on so what I do notice is what is my behavior doing So I have to pay a lot of attention to my behaviors. So one of the things that is this behavior I have to pay attention to is I walk to the pantry and I catch myself walking to the pantry and I'm walking to the, I don't eat anything, but I know something's bothering me because I don't even think about it. I'm walking to the pantry. I'm walking to the pantry. Um, And even one day last week, I caught myself looking in the trash can, right? And it's like, I never even ate out of the trash, but here I am knowing that I'm full on triggered because, and I'm texting my sponsor and I'm like, I'm looking in the trash can and she's like, you know, so she's doing guidance and I'm like, this is the craziest stuff, right? So here I am sitting down. What am I going to do about this? I really struggled a lot last week with what am I going to do? The gifts that I have is I have my plan of eating. I follow it I walk slowly and swear I slow down and I walk and I pay attention to what I'm doing because because my mind wonders right and when when for me what I'm wondering and when my mind's going off track I don't necessarily notice that I'm getting into sick behavior. So I'll walk a little bit slower. i make sure that I'll do my outreach. I might do a little bit extra outreach. I make sure that I'm going to my meeting. Our Melbourne meeting is a big book meeting. So we read the big book paragraph by paragraph and share on that. I am very active in doing service in my meeting um, and doing service. I do service in the meeting and I'm I'm really a huge supporter of doing service in my meeting because that's what teaches me how to be. I didn't learn how to behave in my family of origin. So I have a lot of fear. And anytime something comes up, I get really fearful. I get really, really afraid of how to do this. So how do I learn how to engage? How do I tell my husband that I just just literally washed thousands of dollars in the washing machine and left them just sitting in there, right? It has nothing to do with my husband. It has to do with me and that I'm feeling, okay, and that I'm feeling um, triggered and that I'm feeling upset about this and that I need to to open up to it. And the first thing I wanted to do was go hide them, put them in the trash and not even tell him that I'd ever found them and just pretend like it didn't happen. But if I'm going to be honest, open, and willing, then I have to tell him the truth. I have to tell myself the truth because really I'm not trying to lie to him. I don't want to admit <laughs> what, what happened myself. And so, um, and so I was, I did. And And it was shocking to me because there was a dialogue going on in my head and he was so kind, he was very kind to me. And then I looked at him and I said, I don't know that I deserve the kindness that you're giving to me because I know how I'm feeling inside. And so it was very tricky for me. Um, And then I've been talking to my sponsor and checking in with my sponsor. Sorry, I have a door that randomly opens. And checking the air just turned on. Otherwise, you're going to hear kids going by. Oh well, the doors open. Sorry about that. Um, But checking in with my sponsor and checking in with her every day, and knowing that I have the gift of this amazing sponsor that I can text all during the day. If I I don't talk to her every day, we text. We have contact. Um, If something comes up like this, I can text her. I can let her know I've got support. It's not only in my sponsor, because I can also text these beautiful people that I've got in my program that I'm sharing my life with in a way that I've never shared my life with, that I can say I found my hearing aids and now what do I do in order for me to sit down and talk through? Because if I can figure out how I'm feeling, then I can figure out how I can make decisions of what I can do outside of these rooms, because the point for me is to practice in here and to live inside this room, to learn how to how to to live outside of these rooms. And I don't always know how to do that. And I have to practice that one step and one day at a time. And so she gives me lots of guidance for that, but then so does my outreach and watching each other grow and sitting with these beautiful sisters and brothers that I have in these programs that I get to grow with has been the biggest gift. It's at least say at the end of our meeting, I don't know how you guys close the meeting here, but it says together we are changing our lives. And um, just in eight months, just in eight months, I feel that um, that I have things that have changed. I have, you know, sponsees and I have outreach and I have a community. And not only do I receive this love and support, but I also have a place where I can give the love and support um, as well, being a community. So that's, that's my commitment to abstinence. And it's interesting to me because I didn't even talk about the food because the food for me was the easy part it was really the once i got abstinent it was learning how to live an abstinent life that was really something i had to learn to do because if i if i start to slip on my meditations and my prayers then thank you if i start to slip on that then my my abstinence will start to slip and then i'll be back in the food in no time but as long as i stay abstinent and keep working my program and i Now I have, if you guys do the green, yellow and red list, I also put my action plan on my food plan. So it's a part of it. I have behaviors that I have to, because for me, it's the, not just the food, but also the eating. I have certain actions that I need to do to keep my, keep myself and my thoughts, my behaviors also abstinent. So I include that in my, my plan as well. Okay. I hope that made sense. (laughs) That's it. Oh, and I can tell you real quick, my hearing aids actually still work.